Hey, City Rev family, welcome to the City Rev Live podcast. If you found yourself here, we want to say welcome. Each week on this podcast, we feature content and conversations that help strengthen your relationship with God and others and equip you to make a difference right where you are. For this summer, we're doing a bit of a throwback series in which we're featuring conversations from previous podcast episodes. Now, we've condensed them a bit to give you just the very best from each of these episodes. We hope this conversation you're going to hear today encourages you in your personal growth and your unique faith journey. And hey, if this conversation is something you enjoy, let us know. We would love to hear from you. Send us a DM on our social media platforms. We'd love your feedback and to hear how this has helped shape this season for you. Enjoy this episode and we'll talk soon, fam. Today we are talking about fear, how to overcome fear. We've talked uh, about other subjects uh, that we might be going through, but specifically, how can we overcome fear with scriptures? Let me just start with this before we go to that. What are some fears you think people have? Like, what does fear look like in a time like this? What's on your mind with that, Justin? Yeah, I think um, there's the fear from within and then the fear on the outside. I think the fear in, on the inside is sometimes this uh, circumstances on the, uh, around us going poorly can start to speak into insecurities we have. Mm. I know in my own life, the insecurities that I have to constantly bring before the Lord and prayer and um, try and center myself on his word uh, a lot of times what's happening on the outside can start to draw out that from within. But then there's also just the very practical, real fears that people have. People are afraid of losing their job. People are afraid of how are they gonna make ends meet. People are afraid of sickness or a family member that's um, older. Uh, fears can creep in in so many different ways. And you know, our world is feeding that fear. And there's a lot of people who are fueling that that fire of fear. What about for you? Is there anything else that you would say? When yes. It comes to fear? Um, well, what I'm more aware of is irrational fears that I've had. Like some of them are real fears, but even in times like this, I've had irrational fears. I had a real anxiety moment about, all jokes aside, I had a real anxiety moment about the toilet paper issue. Like, uh, walk me through. You had like, what, a dream? No, 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 no dream. I'm sitting there and it was like, I started playing it out. Like, I'm like, okay, what if there's no toilet paper at all, like anywhere, and we run out, like, I was like, this was not a joke in my mind. I was like, what literally happens next? Like, I'm going through all the paper products in my house. You know, I'm like what looking out. What can suffice as toilet yeah, paper? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I'm lo- I don't want to get too graphic, but I'm like looking out in the backyard, like, okay, which bush is like, I mean, who's the first culprit? You know, I mean, just, I was kind of really thinking through, like, you know, what is going to be my plan B? I'd never had to think like that You before. could just ask uh, Pastor Dan, I'm sure he has a list, sequentially listed yeah. of the exact types of material that would be best in case of yeah, such a That's true. Like this. You know, if you know Pastor Dan, um, he has lists and checklists for everything. In fact, we should everything. probably do an episode. <laughs> On Dan's with, checklists. Well, I was thinking specifically like asking him, what do you do if you run out of toilet paper and just kind of yeah. ask him. In fact, there's another person that we've had um, Survival Dan, that might be a good podcast episode to get him talking about what do you do in the We without. need a little levity in our time, so that would be a good idea. You think that's levity? I think that's survival. Like I'm for I'm for real about that. Anyway, <laughs> let's talk about overcoming fear with scripture in particular. When I think of that question, the first thing that comes to mind is um, typically I'll go to the book of Psalms. Yeah. And um, what I, I so love about the book of Psalms is it covers the whole range of human emotion. There are psalms of praise where the the author, the person who's praying is overflowing with joy and celebrating. And then there's these laments where the the author is mourning, uh, overcome with sadness. And so fear 
is one of those uh, human emotions. We all have experienced it. We all uh, uh, deal with fear to a certain extent. And Psalm speaks to that. So I think of Psalm 16. That's the passage that um, comes to my mind whenever I think of fear. And um, just to read a few verses yeah. of Psalm 16. Here's what the author, it's, it's one of David's Psalms. And he says this, he says, "'Preserve me, O God, for in you I take refuge. I say to the Lord, you are my Lord. I have no good apart from you. As for the saints in the land, they're the excellent ones uh, in whom is all my delight. The sorrows of those who run after another God shall multiply. Their drink offerings of blood I will not pour out or take their names on my lips. The Lord is my chosen portion and my cup. You hold my lot. The lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Indeed, I have a beautiful inheritance. I bless the Lord who gives me counsel. In the night, my heart instructs me. I've set the Lord before me always because he is at my right hand. I shall not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad. My whole being rejoices. My flesh also dwells secure for you will not abandon my soul to Sheol or let your Holy One see corruption. You make known to me the path of life and in your presence, there's fullness of joy at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. There's something about this passage, just when I'm afraid, it speaks to me. It gives me encouragement, it gives me hope. Yeah, I love that line right at the, right at the end um, at his right hand are pleasures forevermore. I mean, ultimately what brings us comfort is the nearness of God and that he is mm -hmm. right there with us. That that brings so much comfort. So when, when you are afraid, you, you read through that, you pray through it, you meditate, yeah. how, how do you engage that? So uh, like any other time, um, I, I try and spend some time reading a passage of scripture and then just finding one or two phrases or statements or a verse that I just wanna spend some time simmering on and just rolling around in my mind. So just as we are reading it right now in this moment, um, the, the phrase that stuck out to me was, for you will not abandon my soul to Sheol mm. or let your holy one see corruption. And I think of that because uh, you would probably know uh, where it's listed, but this is referenced as a prophecy of Jesus. Oh, wow. Of how uh, God says of Jesus that Jesus will not be abandoned to Sheol. He won't see corruption. I think it's in, in the preaching of Acts, uh, perhaps, where this is cited as a reference to Jesus. And the thing that just jumps out at me, even in this moment, is this overwhelming sense that as a believer, we are in Christ. As a believer, that means that I am united to Jesus. And so because Jesus did not see corruption, mm. because Jesus wasn't abandoned to death, but he was raised to life, because I'm united to Jesus, I have that same hope. Mm. Or this statement that is true of Jesus, God has made true of me, that God won't abandon me. He won't let me see corruption, that he's gonna make known to me the path of life and give me this fullness of joy. And that just starts to speak hope whenever I'm experiencing fear or having these emotions that flood me in that way. Wow, that's great. So Psalm 16, if you're facing fear, that is a, a great Psalm to and go to. And one more thing I'd add, yeah. I think in this season where we're at home quite a bit, um, I would just uh, really lay before people um, to stretch you in terms of your scripture memory. Ooh. Uh, because it may be that this or the passage we're about to get into here in a moment that comes to your mind, this might be great material for us to memorize and internalize. Like in your own life, Roby, when you've memorized scripture, what does that, how does that add value to your prayer life? How does that make the passage stick even more? 
Yeah, I, I, when I've memorized scripture, um, I've done that with Psalms, I've done that with Proverbs. And um, yeah, I, I, every time I'm reminded of, I'm reminded that I wish I did it more. So, right. but I, I've done it with my kids. Um, it's amazing how fast they can memorize. Yeah. It puts us to shame as adults, but there's a way of it just gets down in your soul and you can recall it. Yeah. And it's a way of meditating on it because you roll it around back and forth until you get it precise. You just kind of start with the first line and say it mm -hmm. until you can say it without looking and then you add the next line to the next line. And uh, man, especially, this that's a great suggestion, especially while we're home with our kids because our kids have fears too. I had a conversation with my kids over, over lunch the other day. It was the older two, so almost five and almost seven, so. And, and they were, we were talking about the coronavirus. And so yeah. then they were talking about if they were the coronavirus, how would they get into someone's body? And oh it was boy. like, it was a really bizarre conversation, but it was like their little minds processing through it and probably processing some fear. Yeah. And so taking Psalms like Psalm 16 and memorizing it as a family in this season could be huge. Oh yeah, I love that. Yeah, I was just talking to uh, our oldest son Hudson about the coronavirus and asking, you know, we've been talking to him a little bit about it. And I said, or Amy said, my wife, she goes, so buddy, um, tell me, how do you catch, how does someone catch the coronavirus? And Hudson goes, well, you got to get a net and you take the net <laughs> so and you put the net over the virus. <laughs> and it was just this moment we busted out laughing. But yeah, we, I mean, we're talking to our kids through this and depending on their stage of life, they're they're experiencing this in real time as well. Yeah. And so that's that's a good thing. Let's share that. Let's memorize scripture together, talk about scripture with our with our kids. Yes. What about you? What, what passage comes out in your mind? Um, so for me, yeah, it's Psalm 91. And I have an interesting moment, a story that goes with this. When I go to visit someone in the hospital, if someone's sick, or um, this is usually the psalm that I, is my go-to. And I remember one day I was walking into the hospital, mm. and there was a man uh, from our congregation who was going to be having brain surgery. And so it was obviously... Um, you know, a very dangerous surgery. And I walked in and my plan was, I was gonna read Psalm 91. And I remember I had this prayers, I'm walking in like, Lord, I, I always read the Psalm. Is this the right Psalm to read to him? And I'm like, I, I don't know, I, I guess I will because this is just my go-to Psalm. So I walk in and the whole family's around, he's in the hospital bed and um, it's very somber. You know, there's just a real sense of urgency. And I said, well, hey guys, could I just read a scripture to you? And I opened up to my opened my Bible and I opened to Psalm 91 and I started reading. And the man, you know, he, he's middle aged man, grown kids who are all around the bed. He just started weeping, wow, like loud to the point that we 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 I, I paused for a second and he, and he kind of motioned for me to keep reading and I kept reading it. Mm -hmm. And he at the end just through sobs he said that was my father's favorite passage. Wow. And I realized God had just kind of ordained that that moment. It was just mm -hmm. such a special moment um, for uh, I think a passage that has had so much impact. And so I'm going to read through this. It's 16 verses. Again, a great passage to memorize. And, and the imagery in here is just so beautiful. And so maybe you're dealing with fear right now as you're listening or watching this. Let me just read this over you. Listen to this imagery. Psalm 91 says this. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust, for he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his pinions and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and buckler. 
You will not fear the terror of the night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the destruction that wastes at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side, 10,000 at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only look with your eyes and see the recompense of the wicked. Because you have made the Lord your dwelling place, the Most High, who is my refuge, no evil shall be allowed to befall you. No plague come near your tent. Boy, that's a timely part wow. of this of this um, chapter. For he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. On their hands they will bear you up lest you strike your foot against a stone. You will tread on the lion and wow. the adder, the young lion and the serpent you will trample underfoot. Because he holds fast to me in love, I will rescue him. I will protect him because he knows my name. When he calls to me, I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will rescue him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Man, such good imagery in there, isn't there? There is. There's a lot. And even that opening line about God being this refuge, about mm. hiding in his shadow. Talk to her. What, what is it that you think um, that just over the years, that psalm, what is it about it that has been so just helpful to you? Yeah, sure. And, and to that point about the refuge in the shadow, I, I want to draw your attention to the under his wings you will find refuge. And I want to mm. draw your attention to that because in the Bible, God has us refer to him as a father. He's the heavenly father, mm -hmm. and God reveals himself in that sense. But what it says in Genesis is both men and women are both made in the image of God. And so there are times in the Bible where God uh, um, portrays himself the mothering side of, the motherly side of God as well. Now, again, that's not to take away from the fact that he is our heavenly father. But again, ladies, you are made in the image of God. And so mm -hmm. your femininity flows from your maker. And so I love this because this is one of the most beautiful and most comforting verses that portrays that side. You're thinking of a mother hen taking her chicks under her wing. In fact, Jesus even says something like that about right. Jerusalem. I would have gathered you to myself as chicks. And so this is God saying he will protect, uh, protect us under his wings. And so you have both this very kind of motherly kind of protection. I mean, there is nothing like a mother protecting her own child. Yeah. The instincts of a mom protecting a child. And God says, women, ladies, mothers, you only have mm -hmm. that instinct because I have that instinct. Mm -hmm. And that is a hint of God's instinct for us. He's protective like a father. He's protective like a mother. And you both have this warrior, like he's a shield and a refuge and also this tender under my wings. This yeah. is one of the parts of this that I think is so beautiful. Yeah. And then it talks about God in, in ways that other parts of the Bible don't get into as much detail about how God has at his disposal, these angels. Yes. These warriors yes. that work in the spiritual realm on behalf of God. They're his messengers. Yes. And he gives instruction to them. So what, what does this passage teach us about the spiritual realm and yes. what God does for us? You know, the, there's a lot of common thinking out there that everyone has their own guardian angel. And there's really nothing in the Bible that speaks to every person being assigned one angel. That's just, just common thought or common lore. That's not biblical. No. What is biblical is exceedingly better. Yeah. He commands his angels, plural. 
And so I, this is one of those verses I have committed to memory. And sometimes like late at night, if like something's just on my heart and I'm worried, worried for my family, worried for my kids, I just pray, God, surround them with your angels. And I think of these mighty warrior angels. Mm -hmm. You remember in the Bible, one angel destroys an entire army of Assyrians who are the greatest warriors of their day. And I mean, yeah. these angels are unimaginable in their power and God commands angels, plural, to protect us. And I love praying over, over my family and over my household and over our church, uh, just asking God to, to command his angels. You know, there's one other thing I wanna point out in here is that it's in verse 10. It says, no plague will come near your tent. And in a moment like this, that is is so relevant. But here, that kind of begs the question, okay, but what if someone in my family does get the coronavirus? I mean, is he promising that no one's ever gonna get sick? And, and I wanna just speak to that for a second mm. because th that is a real possibility. I mean, someone in my family or me or, or someone I'm close to or someone in our church family might get the coronavirus. And so what does that mean about this passage? Does it mean that this didn't work? Did it mean I, was, I didn't do something right? And I think we've got to see, even the day that we do, if we do get sick, that we have to see that through the lenses of this text because this is still true. What that means is if for some reason I'm getting that virus or someone in my family gets that virus, it's out of God's love and goodness to me, it's actually, he might be through that sparing me mm. from some kind of sickness that's even worse. Like maybe it's a, a discontentment that could ruin my life or a sense of control that could ruin my life and my relationships. If Even if I were to get a sickness, that doesn't mean this is not true. I see everything that happens to me in my life through the framework, the paradigm of this text it's out of God's protectiveness that this has happened in my life. Does that make sense what I'm saying? Yeah, we, we can't see this as this kind of statement that says, well, nothing bad is ever gonna happen to you because when God came, God became flesh, Jesus suffered. Yes. Uh, you know, Paul, one of the most influential Christians, um, all the, almost all the disciples experienced suffering. Some of them were, are, were sick and, uh, were sick and uh, we see Jesus heal people in the New Testament all over the place. And there are some people who, in the letters of the New Testament, for example, they're described as, hey, they're ill at Miletus or this mm -hmm. town. And so at the same time, while we live in this flawed and broken world, we know that ultimately the promise from God is he won't abandon us, he'll always be with us, and that uh, as far as our tent is concerned, yes. uh, we, we look forward to the, the heavenly dwelling where we will be with God forever, and he might be working in on us to expose maybe some areas where... We're trusting in things that are really wants and not necessarily needs in this time. Yeah, I think what this speaks to is, Christian, here's what you are promised. You will never be stricken with senseless, purposeless evil. Yeah. You will never be attacked with senseless, purposeless evil. Nothing will ever happen to you outside of God's protectiveness for you. Nothing mm. ever happens to you outside of his fatherly and motherly protection. Nothing mm. ever happens to you outside of his desire for good for you. Like nothing, he never just stops his protectiveness as your heavenly parent. He, he actually cares for you if you have kids. He mm. cares for you and your kids more than you care for your kids. That is his protective parental nature towards you. So whatever happens is happening in light and because of that. And that's what helps us. That's why a passage like this, 
helps us reframe everything through those lenses. Everything happens with intentionality and it's for our good. That's good. Well, just as uh, you know, a way to show, I, I know in your life, this passage has been meaningful. I know times we've prayed together, I hear you pray that specifically. That's something that you've memorized, you've put down in your heart. Yes. God, please send your angels concerning this person protect them, guard over them, watch over them. And so that's, that's just a good takeaway for us. In this time where fear could creep in, let's anchor ourselves to the truth of scripture. Anything else that you were gonna add? Um, no, I would just say, uh, as we wrap up here, I would just say to our listeners, to those who are watching online uh, to this, um, look, when we're dealing with fear, run to the scripture, whether it's Psalm 16, Psalm 91, uh, run to the scripture in times of fear. Let that wash over you and find rest that your heavenly father is in control. So, hey, thank you for joining us on this episode of the City Rev Life podcast, and we'll see you at a future episode. Thank you for joining us on City Rev Life. You can subscribe to this podcast, rate and review wherever you're listening to this. And we love it when you share it with your friends on social media. For more videos and content, go ahead and check us out at cityrev.org slash podcast or download our City Rev Church app. Have a great day.